looking. Deep pattern downfield. Touchdown, Miami. What a throw. Devontae Parker. Holy smokes. What a drive. <laughs> What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How is it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always in season, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, presented by Auto Nation, day eight of training camp previews. We are on to the off-ball linebackers, Jerome Baker, Elandon Roberts, Bernardrick McKinney, Duke Riley, Sam Aguavin, Calvin Munson, and Kylan Johnson, as well as the coach of the unit, Anthony Campanelli. They all go under the microscope today. Plus, we'll talk about the theme of the week with not just versatility, but balance in yet another position group on this roster. We're going to give you the stats, the facts, intriguing nuggets, and finish up with a bonus as we get into the specialists on the roster. And finally, we're also going to tell you some details of the Dolphins' new training facility, which had its ribbon cutting on Tuesday. All of that and a heck of a lot more here on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins we had the grand opening of the new facility out in Miami Gardens, just adjacent to Hard Rock Stadium. And what an absolute gem. What a beauty she is out there. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the facts from this new facility. Before you do that, though, head over to the Miami Dolphins Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it might be, and check out the video that showed you a great little montage or a a clip of the different traits and characteristics of the facility and also a great photo thread up on Twitter as well. And here's some facts on the building. The auditorium holds 176 people. The offense and defensive room respectively holds 64 people. The shaded spectator spectator seating for training camp practices 2,200. Berm seating has up to 800, and the dining room sits 158 people. There are three fields, outdoor grass outside, synthetic turf inside. There's parking for 220 staff, 15 visitors, 23 management, 20 spots for spectator ADA, all kinds of sprawling numbers for taking on staff, guests, all the fun stuff you want there at the facility. There are 209 televisions in the facility, There are 427-inch monitors, 7 miles of Ethernet cabling and audio cable as well, 92 speakers. That'll provide for some great music and training camp practice during stretching and individual periods. 15,888 different flowers and shrubs, 16 different species. You come here for your flower and shrub species talk on this podcast. 210 palm trees, 9 different species of those. 128 trees and 8 different species of those. There are 2 plunge pools for hydrotherapy, 1 hot and 1 cold. A hydro works pool, a lap pool, a slide physical therapy room, indoor sauna, indoor steam room, cryotherapy rooms, and of course we have all the amenities for the players and for the staff coming in, the lobby, players rounge, there's a barber shop, dart games, lounge areas, dining hall, auditorium, and the content studio where your boy's going to spend a lot of his time. Air conditioning, dedicated FP and L value to feed the training camp facility, and the number of toilets, I know what y'all came here for, 183 toilets inside that building. It is an absolute palace. Again, if you haven't seen the thread on Twitter of the video or the photos, go check that out. It is a really magnificent piece of of architecture and the building is glorious. 
Big ups to Mr. Ross and Mr. Garfinkel for getting that thing put together, this project complete ahead of the 2021 season, especially when a lot of the construction occurred during the pandemic. A great job by the Miami Dolphins organization to get that done, to give us our new home, and I can't wait to start there here coming up very, very shortly ahead of training camp next week. All right, we're going to get into the positional preview here, number eight on the Drive Time Podcast. Go back and check out all the previous episodes. Listen to them twice. Do us a favor. Get us more downloads. Help us out in that way. We're talking about the linebackers today, in particular off-ball linebackers. We covered the edge position on Wednesday's podcast, and that kind of takes into account some linebackers as well, like Jalen Phillips, for instance, a linebacker on the Dolphins roster. We're talking about guys who primarily line up off the football on this podcast, and in getting ready for this pod and, and the piece up on MiamiDolphins.com as well, the coinciding linebacker preview, you know, I was looking at the makeup of this position and it kind of got me thinking about the makeup of the rest of the roster. And I recently heard a quote and I heard it from the bootleg football podcast with EJ Snyder and Brett Coleman, who referenced a Nick Saban quote. And I went and found it on Google. You type it in Google. You can find it in plenty of articles. But Nick Saban once said, that boxing has weight classes for a reason because over the course of a fight or a game in the instance of football, the heavier guy is going to lean on the lighter guy and it's going to wear that lighter guy down. And I was looking at the weights of some of these players the Dolphins have on this roster and man, certain positions just have guys that are much bigger than the average at those positions, like on the offensive line with DJ Fluker at 350, Jermaine Illuminor at 345, Solomon Kinley 336, Austin Jackson 325 with Robert Hunt 327. I mean, these guys are big, even in a position full of big guys. Then you look at the ends and tackles we talked about the last couple of podcasts here with Sealer and Wilkins and Ledbetter and Strobridge, among others, pushing 275, 280 pounds and above for guys like Wilkins and Sealer there. Then you get to the linebackers and you see E-Rob, Landon Roberts, 245 pounds. Then you got Bernardrick McKinney, 257. All these teams in the NFL today are kind of going towards the small and fast motto and why Miami does have a lot of electricity and speed on this football team. They've put together a nice blend of the two with the size and the speed, but also the big thumpers that can help you win those physical slug it out type of games, especially ones you might get down here in Miami in September and October in that hot, hot heat. But as for the balance on body type, it's no more evident here than at this position with the off-ball linebackers. McKinney and Baker mixed together like spaghetti and meatballs, peanut butter and jelly, lamb and tuna fish, however you want to put those comparisons together. And when you want to mug up the A-gaps, which what that means when you hear that phraseology is the A-gaps are either gap on either side of the center on the offensive line. And when you mug them up, that means you bring your linebackers up into those gaps on the football. And we saw plenty of that last year, obviously, with Jerome Baker and all the sacks that he produced rushing inside at that position. And that's just a lot to deal with you have now when you add Bernardrick McKinney to that mix, especially when you can plop, I don't know, Adam Butler and his explosive self and the get-off he has in that position, Christian Wilkins, who can just knock bodies around but also win with penetration, or a Zach Sealer, who is as long as they come as far as defensive tackles go. And speaking of length and power, a defensive tackle, 330-pound Raekwon Davis has a word to say there as well. I just keep looking at these fronts with the myriad of options and combinations of players they have, and I think you have a true A-gap pressure type of roster that the threats you have at that position can rival pretty much any team across the league with what the Dolphins have done 
this offseason, last offseason, to go ahead and round out the central of your football team, the core, building that thing up the middle. Brian Flores has talked about this before, about building up the communicators, the guys that are signal callers, your safety, your linebacker, your center, your quarterback, obviously, and kind of building up the strength of the middle of the football team. We've seen that take place the last couple of years and kind of come to fruition here with Bernardrick McKinney as the addition this offseason in the trade with Shaq Lawson from the Houston Texans. And both McKinney and Baker have been guys that have played you know, they're 1,000 snap takers. That's kind of the baseline average for how many snaps a player takes in a given season. Now with an extra game, I guess you call it 1,060 because the average snaps per game is right around 62 and a half, give or take, per game. And, you know, these guys are capable of playing all three phases of run defense, pass rush, and uh, drop into coverage. Then you've got a guy like Duke Riley who can keep you flexible on all your sub packages because he can act as that coverage linebacker, but can come down in the box and help you stay flexible in late game situations in terms of playing back in coverage or down in the box when the offense goes hurry up and they want to change things up on you. Having a player like a Duke Riley who can do a little bit of both really helps you stay flexible when you cannot substitute when the opposition is in no huddle offense. And that's been Sam McGuavin's game going back to the CFL and college at Texas Tech as well pass game disruptors that give Miami great depth in those sub packages, as well as a terrific special teamer in Sam McGuavin, but guys that can disrupt the passing game, both in coverage and as blitzers. Then you've got Calvin Munson, who again, more back to that balance. He's come into the lineup a few times in a pinch over the last couple of seasons and served as kind of a banger in between the tackles. He came off the bench last year for Eland and Roberts a couple of times when he was banged up in game. And then you've got Kylan Johnson looking to further develop his game and not to mention E-Rob once again, who does a lot of that in terms of the big physicality in the middle, the leadership role he's taken on, his players really gravitate towards his guidance. More on that here in just one second. But this position group really just teams well, I think, with what you have in the front seven in general with those down linemen because it's all really so fungible and it allows Flores and Boyer to get deep into their playbook and keep the whole playbook open. And I think any coach will want to be able to say that they adapt the scheme to fit the players they have on their roster. And that's great. You have to have that. But when you start dropping players into the organization that really excel at what you want to ideally do, that's when you begin to really cook with gas because then you can get the most out of the best system you have. And I think this position group has seen that transformation over the last two years, really as much as any group on the field with McKinney, with Roberts, you get Duke Riley in here. Talking about the guys off the edge with Jalen Phillips, as well as Andrew Van Ginkle, Brandon Scarlett coming over this offseason. You continue to see this roster kind of fit the mold and the vision of Coach Flores and Coach Boyer and Chris Greer up in the GM's office. All right, so the article up on MiamiDolphins.com, taking a look at the off-ball linebackers. Personnel changes on this particular episode or this particular position group, I should say. Bernardrick McKinney, Duke Riley in, Kamu Gruje-Hill out to the Houston Texans. Riley comes over from the Eagles. McKinney comes over from the Texans as well. And we've talked about the coaching staff and how so many of the coaches on Coach Flores' staff have experience on either side of the ball in multiple roles. Some guys in the capacity of personnel or doing work within the front office or something of that capacity, and then their on-field work as a coach as well. And for Coach Campanelli, the story is the exact same. He began his career in the high school ranks where he was once a defensive coordinator and then flipped over to the offensive side of the football, a legendary Don Bosco prep in New Jersey before he made the jump in town there or in local area to the collegiate ranks at Rutgers where he was a defensive assistant 
a tight ends coach, a wide receivers coach before taking his role as the defensive backs coach at Boston College. So pretty much every position group he's been around. And then he was later promoted to core de- co-defensive coordinator at Boston College. He then took the linebackers job with the Dolphins after a year in the same position at the University of Michigan. He brings energy and a very passionate voice to the position, to the coaching staff, and to the organization. I think where you saw that best was during the senior bowl practices when they mic'd up coach during some of the linebacker drills where he was stacking and shedding and getting clean with those guys. And they were really kind of really bringing the juice on that drill. And you could hear the bag getting popped by the guys slapping with their hands and just working hard and getting and getting some sweat equity out there on the field. Fun to watch him do his job. The group at a glance, we kind of covered that already, but let's go ahead and go through this here real quick. And again, these are guys that align primarily off the line of scrimmage. Jerome Baker was a menace in that role for opposing quarterbacks last year. He finished second in the NFL among all off-ball linebackers with seven sacks. Devin White in Tampa Bay had nine. And McKinney, a pro bowler back in 2018, he is no stranger either to really accelerating the urgency of the opposing offense. His quick first step behind that 257-pound frame puts the middle of the offensive line in decision time, in conflict mode, our favorite word on the podcast here, right? Conflict. You have to decide, is he going to beat me with speed or do I have to really drop the anchor and and prepare myself for a run-up of 257 pounds coming at me? And he helped that Texans defense collapse, collapse the interior of pockets for years while J.J. Watt went to work on the outside. A great combination there. Hopefully he can replicate some of that here in Miami and give Miami some more well-rounded pass rush that they get from that position as well. Elandon Roberts was really performing at a consistently high level when he went down for that season-ending injury in Las Vegas right around week four or so. It seems like he just kind of showed up and, be- and began making one or two of those big plays in the backfield every single week where number you know, big number 52 is closing down and, and I guess he was 44 last year, but big number 52 comes down the pike and just blows up the running back right at the mesh point. Seemed to happen every single week from like the Seahawks game on last season. He also, on a per game basis, had career highs in tackles, sacks, and TFLs. We talked about Duke Riley. He was also a special teams captain in each of his previous two stops with the Falcons and the Eagles. And when he was in Philly, he arrived mid-season via a trade and he earned captainship. Is that a word? He earned a captain's patch in Philadelphia after arriving midseason. That tells you about his leadership and the work he puts in in regards to how to be a professional and how to work the right way. He also offers a great deal of coverage specialty and a feel for coverage and finding those spots on his spot drops or finding man and man coverage, whatever it might be. That's kind of his bag. Calvin Munson returns after playing all 16 games last year, after playing just two the year before with Miami. And he was primarily a special teamer in 2020. And then again, Kylan Johnson back with his second year with the club as a UDFA for Miami last season. He was on the practice squad the entire year. A little bit of a deeper dive on each individual. Calvin Munson starts us off because he has the lowest jersey number. Number 48, three seasons in the NFL out of San Diego State, 26 years old. And he played the 262 total snaps last year with 214 of those coming on special teams. He made three tackles as part of Miami's coverage units and also finished with nine total tackles on defense. When you watch him out there on run defense, man, he can bang between the B gaps, just kind of filling up either of those gaps and fitting the run and really laying the wood on the interior of the defense and the interior of the offensive line. You go to the next player on this list, Sam McGuavin. 49 is his jersey number, two seasons of experience in the National Football League by way of the CFL. He went to Texas Tech. He'll be 28 years old on opening day. 
And you might recall him kind of popping off immediately in training camp in 2019 where he carved out a nice role for himself upon making the jump from the CFL where he was an absolute phenom defending the pass and blitzing the quarterback and playing special teams up there up north. He comes to South Florida and kind of takes on a similar role in terms of playing the pass and going after the quarterback because... You know, he's agile, he's active, he gets in the passing lanes, and he can certainly play downhill as a blitzer, but also work backwards in coverage. In 2019, he finished fourth on pro football focus in quarterback pressures among off-ball linebackers. He did blitz a lot, but he got home a lot with those 23 pressures. Last year, his role really shifted more towards special teams. He played 275 of his 359 snaps on special teams, that unit that ranked number six in the NFL via uh, football outsiders. He made three special teams tackles as well and nine total tackles on defense, the same numbers there as Calvin Munson, but he also had a tackle for loss and a PBU on defense last season. We get to McKinney now, number 50 on your training camp guide here. He'll be entering his seventh season, so six years experience in the NFL, out of Mississippi State, 28 years old on opening day. And man, you watch him direct traffic out there in the middle of the Texans defense on tape. You you kind of watch the, the end zone angle of the all 22 copy and you see number 50 out there for Houston. He's looking off to the side. He's picking up motion. He's signaling his hands to, to you know, hand signals to his defenders to kind of get guys aligned in the right spot. He's triggering and keying and, and pulling the trigger before the ball's even snapped as he anticipates what's happening because of the film study. I love, love watching players with those anticipatory skill sets like McKinney has. And he basically was the center of that Texans defense since he was dropped in there six years ago. He brings that run defending prowess, the penchant for those well-timed blitzes, and really unrivaled on-field communication. And prior to missing 12 games last season, and he had some nice tape on, uh, on tape before he went down in game number five, McKinney averaged 995 snaps played over the previous four years combined. Uh, that's an average per season. And in those four seasons, he was tied for fifth, he finished 8th and tied for 17th in QB pressure, so typically among the top of the leaderboard in rushing the quarterback from off-ball linebacker position. He also finished inside the top 25 among his positional contemporaries in total run stops in three of those four years. So again, rushing the quarterback, defending the run, he can do a little bit of it all, causing pile-ups and the proverbial car crash in the running game. He's a tone setter, man. He's thick. He's got a quick first step to put opposing quarterbacks under instant duress, but also the interior of the offensive line as he fires the gun and gets in there on the running game. And you go to the tape or his workout numbers back at the NFL Combine in 2016 that really showcased the explosive nature of his game. He finished in the 93rd percentile among his class at linebacker in both vertical and broad jumps, the lower half explosion. You kind of check that box there. Speaking of big physical presences inside, Elandon Roberts, number 52, changed his jersey number this year from 44. Five years NFL experience. He comes out of Houston and is 27 years old on opening day. And again, from weeks four through 16 last year, I swear there was a, one or two plays a game where you saw Roberts just destroy a play for a three, four, five-yard loss where he flies in there and the ball carrier is just swarmed by an aqua or white jersey before he can even make that first move out of the backfield. He is a football-seeking missile and just shot out of a cannon evident by his 25 run stops in 13 games played last year and a career-best eight tackles for lost, 61 tackles, one and a half sacks. Those were both on pace for his personal best without missed games played. He also matched his career high and forced fumbles with one on the season. Roberts was elected a team captain last year. I thought Jerome Baker really detailed what Roberts brings 
to the locker room, to the film room, to the classroom, to the practice field, and a press conference back on December 21st where he said, E-Rob, he's been around long enough. You can just tell he's all about putting the work in when nobody's looking. He doesn't care who's around. He doesn't care if it's coaches, if it's players, whoever it is, he's just going to put the work in and get better. Speaking of Jerome Baker, he's up next. We go from 52 to 55 on the jersey number here in your program. He's got three years NFL experience out of Ohio State. He's still just 24 years old. Doesn't that kind of blow you away? 24 years old for Baker, who seems like he's been here forever. And the reason it seems that way is because he never misses a damn snap or a game. He has not missed a game in his career. A key cog in the middle of this Dolphins defense that finished tops and takeaways and third down defense a year ago. He's fast as all get out. He can cover backs, cover tight ends, play the flat, play the hook, play the curl zone. He can rush the quarterback quite obviously. Just an integral ingredient in Miami's swarming defense and third down defense especially. And despite playing more snaps than any other Miami Dolphins since 2019, he's got 48 games played in three years. That's the maximum number. He's tallied 2,122 snaps on defense and special teams cumulatively over the last two seasons. That's a great workload there. 33 quarterback pressures, eight and a half sacks, 238 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, a pick, and seven passes defensed, and four forced fumbles over the last two seasons. You ask yourself where that contract extension comes from? Production, work habits, ultimate team player, Jerome Baker. You cannot say enough about number 55. He well-deserved contract extension for Jerome Baker. We finish up here with Kylan Johnson, number 59 in your programs. He has one-year experience all on the practice squad. He came out of pit. He'll be 24 years old opening day. He transferred from Florida where he played more of an off-ball kind of coverage and run defense role with the Florida Gators. Then he transfers to Pittsburgh for a, a grad transfer season and he records six and a half sacks. He had a half sack at Florida. So six and a half sacks in one season and 132 total tackles with 11 for loss. So he kind of lived in the backfield there in the ACC back in 2019. And like a handful of his fellow Dolphins, he has that quick explosive first step, kind of a calling card for his game. I'm excited to watch him develop here in year number two. That's not the end of the podcast. We have another position group we're going to get to here since this was our shortest position to cover Sands, the quarterbacks, specialist, your special teamers. Now the corresponding written piece won't be available up on MiamiDolphins.com until I think next week sometime. So consider this an early sneak peek here on the Drive Time Podcast brought to you by AutoNation. Subscribe, rate, and review for us, please. That helps the podcast get out to more Dolphins fans and we appreciate that. All right, so the specialist. Number one here, we're starting off with the long snapper. I just want to make a note here because long snapping is one of those things that, I, I mean, I suppose people are capable of, of scouting it and doing it. I don't really know what that entails, but I do know that when you snap the football, if the holder has to really raise his hands up or drop his hands down, that's not a great snap, not a perfect snap, right? And so last year, the Dolphins didn't have any failed exchanges on punt, on PAT, on field goals. They were really good in that regard, and I placed a lot of that credit on Blake Ferguson in addition to the holder and the kicking operation, just a really solid battery a year ago. The high field goal percentage, no blocked kicks all year long, and no missed PATs. How valuable is that? All of those for a special teams unit. 
Danny Crossman got his promotion to assistant head coach. And there was a great moment on the podcast last year during the My Cleats or My Cleats My Cause uh, with the NFL Foundation there. And we had Sam Aguavin and Blake Ferguson on the podcast talking about their cleats and Sam's cause with the Epilepsy Foundation and Blake with JDRF, the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. Just really good stuff from both those guys. And we talked to them about Danny Crossman. And, you know, you can kind of hear Coach Crossman get vocal out there sometimes. He's a passionate coach. And I asked him, when was the last time you got an earful from Coach Crossman? And Sam said about a half hour ago on the practice field. And then I told Blake the same thing. And he said, what did Sam say? I said 30 minutes ago. He said about 45 minutes ago that I heard from Coach Crossman on the practice field. He gets his guys going. And you can see that really the the passion the coach has when he talks about his field goal kicker and Jason Sanders talking about his approach, the way he does it, the mental makeup. Really cool to hear him talk about his place kicker. And you know, there's an emphasis on this football team on guys that are not just good in these spots, but guys that are willing to be out there, starters who are willing to go play special teams reps because it's kind of a dirty job. Like you have to fly down there, you got to hit guys, you got to take on blocks. It's not glamorous, but it's very necessary for a football team to have that. And the Dolphins do so well in that arena. Big thanks to Coach Crossman as well as Coach Flores, who really got his start in special teams as a coach. So he really, really values that side of the football. But I think that that focus and that philosophy of no detail too small is a big reason why Miami has really taken that big leap in special teams performance the last couple of years and really, really been well, just well disciplined and well coached and performed well on that side of the football. And then my last note here before we get into the actual personnel is some of the strategy you see with this team. I mean, they convert some fake punts at times. They've got the pump block from Andrew Van Ginkle based on a site adjustment pre-snap where you see guys moving and you see the gunner or the, the jammer out wide kind of flip inside and the someone go from the middle of the formation out wide. That's a check they have at the line. It turned into a pump block in that Chargers game, a quick seven points as it puts the ball on the, uh, on the plus one yard line of the Chargers. Well, that strategy works in all facets of the game. Of course, we've seen all the trickeration too the last two years from Coach Crossman. But how about on kickoff when they do a pooch down around the goal line and force a return to get, you know, return onto the 14 or 15 yard line. The Dolphins were near the top of the league in terms of kick return average last season and the start position of kickoffs. Now the majority are still going to be touchbacks, but every once in a while you can pin that team, you know, at the 15 yard line. 10 yards is a big deal. It's a big position to flip there in terms of field position. The Dolphins play the numbers. They take advantage of what is presented to them and make the according calls and checks, not just on offense and defense, but special teams as well. The additions this offseason, it's punter for punter. Michael Pilardi in from Carolina. Matt Hawk goes up to the Buffalo Bills. And we talk about Coach Crossman, the number six ranked special teams unit on uh, football outsiders. They have a first team all pro and kicker Jason Sanders, as well as a second team all pro in return specialist Jakeem Grant slash receiver for him. But uh, for Crossman's effort, his two years in Miami, he gets that promotion. And he spoke about the duties that come with that promotion this offseason, saying that he and Coach Flores have a very similar philosophical belief on a lot of things. Some of the things that have been going on for a couple of years during the season and on game day. And then there are some things we've added. And he concludes that quote by saying, I'm just very fortunate to be in an organization where top down, I feel like we see things very similar, end quote there for Coach Crossman. His group at a glance, again, the kicking operations on point, Jason Sanders, you look at the Dolphins kicking record book, it's pretty much Jason Sanders and Alundo Mari up and down that thing as well as Pete Stoyanovich. 
And of course, we have the lone change at the position group this offseason. We start here with Michael Pilardi. Number five, has seven years NFL experience out of Tennessee, 29 years old opening day, another lefty punter. He missed last season after playing the previous four with Carolina. 55 career games played, 342 punts for a net of over 11,000 yards. It's a 40.3 net punting average. His 46 yards per punt in 2019 was tied for 13th in the NFL that season. Jason Sanders, number seven. He has three years NFL experience out of New Mexico. He'll be 25 years old opening day, and he got that contract extension this offseason. 36 successful field goals last year on 39 attempts. That 92.3 percentage was the best single season rate in club history. He made 22 consecutive kicks going back to 2019 through the Charger game last year where he had his first miss of the season in week number 10. But 36 made field goals was the second most in team history, also second most in the NFL last year. His 144 points scored tied the Dolphins' all-time mark last season. He also converted 20 field goals of 40 or more yards. That led the league and finally was perfect on PATs, 36 of 36. He also made a pair of game-winning kicks in 2020. A 50-yard kick in the final minute proved to be the difference in Miami's thrilling 34-31 win in Arizona. And that 44-yard boot with one second on the clock in the dramatics in Las Vegas gave Miami their 10th victory of the season in Week 16 last year. And that dependability really earned Jason Sanders a five-year contract extension with the club. And what a weapon this guy is because you get yourself on the plus side of the field. You start thinking like, we're pretty close to being in range for three points here because Sanders, he's not just accurate from in short. He can make them from deep. But, you know, you watch him kick in practice, 60 yards. He's putting that thing through the uprights. He's got a nice range there and he converts those 50-plus yarders in games more often than not. It's a great weapon to have when you have such a strong defense to really help complement that team and the way they play in those close games, especially when you can turn the ball over to your kicker and tell him to go make a 56-yarder to get you on the board and then put the defense back on the field to hold those leads. It's a great complementary style of football. Blake Ferguson, the long snapper, number 44, one season out of LSU, 24 years old opening day. So yes, he did change his jersey number, but he played all 16 games as a rookie and he was a long snapper for each of those record-breaking field goals by Jason Sanders. And again, the Dolphins punt team had no failed exchanges, no block kicks. And Ferguson also had a couple of tackles to boot, a sixth-round draft pick back in 2020, really earning his weight there on the roster last season as a rookie. And then Rex Sunahara, number 60, one-year NFL experience last year. He signed and was on the practice squad throughout the course of the season. Out of West Virginia, he'll be 24 years old on opening day. And he was a finalist in 2019 for the Patrick Manelli Award, given annually to the nation's top long snapper. He then signed a futures contract with Miami after spending the entire season last year on the practice squad. So those are your linebackers. Those are your specialists. We've got a couple more of these things to go with the cornerbacks and the safeties. We're going to come back on the podcast next week as well and wrap this thing up for before training camp starts and do a mailbag and AFC East prediction episode. You don't want to miss that before Wednesday when we go live from the Dolphins practice facility at Hard or at Miami Gardens, right next to Hard Rock Stadium there in Miami Gardens. We cannot wait to get going and bring you guys the best Miami Dolphins coverage. One more note before I get out of here because we've been dealing with this for about a week now. Any suggestions out there on a teething toddler? Because Carolina's teething right now and these nights have been long. About every hour she wakes up crying. So we're dealing with that right now. I will take any and all advice you fathers and mothers and parents out there are willing to give us because we're at the end of our rope and we're trying to get acclimated to the new time change and it's been very tough with 
the little girl and teething. All right, that's going to be my time on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Tuned In, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us that review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with OJ and Seth. Check out the Audible with. Bo and John. And of course, last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com for all the written training camp previews. Until next time, Vinza. up.